What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge that's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into my show today. I'm going to keep my intro fairly straightforward. I'm not going to add a ton of my nonsense. I'm a little short on time, but also I don't want to scare off any potential new listeners as today we're talking about a team with a fairly significant fan base. Some might call them America's team, and this is actually the first time I've ever been able to snag a writer slash reporter who works to beat for this franchise so this is exciting for me as well it's a big deal so we're gonna get right to it and if you are a new listener hey this is actually episode 10 of this podcast we've talked about quite a few teams up until this point so if you like what you hear today about your team and you need some info on other teams go back subscribe to the fantasy authority feed to get those past episodes and the ones to come as this train is going to keep on rolling all right so we're talking about the dallas cowboys this is a big deal the cowboys are projected to score no less than 2.3 million points this season floating all boats and teams So we need the inside scoop. Well, luckily, today, this podcast has you covered. I dialed up Landon McCool. He hosts Locked On Cowboys and the Best Coast Boys podcast. He's had eyes and ears at Cowboys camp since the beginning. And this guy has insights that you need to hear before draft day. You can find him at McCoolBCB on Twitter. We're talking Dak. We're talking C.D. Lamb. In fact, we're about to talk a lot about C.D. Lamb. So what are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Landon McCool. Hello. Hello, Landon. How are you doing? Good. How are you, man? Good. Very happy to talk with you, Landon, for the first time. And uh, I know it's a busy time of year for you, especially with the Cowboys. They got a bit of a jump start on everybody. So let's just hop right in. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. I'm very excited to talk about this Cowboys team for 2021. They've got two preseason games in the books, so we've had eyes on them some already. What I am curious about, though, and I think a lot of fantasy gamers are as well, is the joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams last week, which featured more of the players that will be on our rosters this season. What were some of your big takeaways? from those sessions for the offensive side of the ball well yeah i mean i think you said it It, you know it's interesting you know kind of comparing preseason versus a kind of contained practice with another team you you get kind of different sort of work and and i think for the cowboys and coaches they felt a little bit safer kind of putting some of their more premier players out there because they felt like they could get a bit more contained you know uh, isolated safe situation for them to go in so what what does that mean for us it means that you know we got to see a little bit more of cd lamb we got to see uh, cd lamb go against other cornerbacks that aren't you know dallas cowboys cornerbacks and that aren't you know the the what four or five snaps he may have gotten against Pittsburgh and uh, the four or five snaps he may have gotten against Arizona. I thought he actually got some good work against a, you know, a pretty established group of, of cornerbacks. And, and he showed himself as uh, being a guy that needs to be on everybody's radar. I think it's not really surprising 
you know, I think that every after the year that he had last year as a rookie year, but just seeing it kind of confirmed. And again, it's not really, really not surprising to people that have been out in training camp and watching him, but I think just to have it confirmed against another team that has quality defensive backs and, and seeing him kind of do the kind of things that we see him do in practice uh, against another team that just kind of really solidifies your confidence in a guy like CD Lamb and taking that next step this coming year. And for guys like Gallup, who are down roster guys, I mean, not <laughs> Gallup's a starter essentially, but I mean, he's you know, your third wide receiver. You know, you've seen him out here in practice as well. I, I, not as much so much in the Rams practice, but at different points, you've seen him kind of doing his thing and he's operating out of the slot. So there's going to be a ton of looks for him as well. Uh, I, I think the takeaway from the Rams practice was was kind of just more confirmation that what we're seeing in you know the regular training camp practices looks like it does kind of carry over when they play you know other teams and other players as well and that's that's a good thing to, uh, for the Cowboys because they've those key players that I mentioned have had pretty good camp so far well let's talk about what you're seeing in camp for this offense but first real quick a quick reminder of what they did in 2020 i want to throw out a lot of these team total stats uh, because of the DAC injury this team was averaging 32.6 points per game with DAC and qb now a lot of that was in full comeback mode but when he went down with the compound ankle fracture in week five they dropped to 24 points per game they were 17th in the league so not totally terrible but also not great from what you've seen at camp what should we expect from this offense in terms of scheme formation tendencies what are you seeing that's going to get the cowboys in the end zone more in 2021 well i definitely think it's going to be closer to what you saw you know those first five weeks with dallas before Dak got injured i wouldn't say that he at that point he was on pace for something like six thousand plus passing yards if he had finished the season like three million passing yards I think. yeah i think it was three million might have been the number i i don't think that you know that is three million or six thousand i don't think either one is really very realistic at this point i mean i, I think that you know, he even had a quote last week, Dak, uh, saying that he doesn't want to throw for 6,000 yards. Uh, you know, if he does that, that that means that the team goals that they've laid out won't get reached. So I know that that probably sunk a lot of uh, fantasy football fans' hearts to hear that. But I think that basically what he's trying to get at is that uh, if he has to throw the football around like that, that means that the team's not playing winning football in that they're not, you know, having to take the opportunity to finish out games trying to kill the clock. So I think that the offense is going to be closer to that maybe point total per game sort of situation. I think it'll be closer to what we saw those first five weeks. I don't know about yardage totals. I don't know about, you know, uh, distribution between wide receivers. I think a lot of that is, is going to be kind of rearranged this year as you start to see again, the rise of, of, of lamb in, in, in the pecking order of, of receiving talent. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily expect him to take over Cooper's number one, you know, target spot, but I imagine that the target share between Cooper and, and lamb will probably be a lot closer to even than it, it was, you know, last year. Uh, and with maybe, you know, now that we're kind of trying to extrapolate that out to a full season, maybe, you know, more balanced run attack, uh, but I, I would hope, or the Cowboys certainly would hope, uh, with kind of similar points per game totals. I mean, even though those are lofty goals, that's kind of where the Cowboys offense has set their sights. I'm loving this CD Lamb love. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a CD guy. I, I love CD. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast do as well. So this is exciting. Now, to unlock the ceiling on this offense, we need quarterback Dak Prescott healthy. According to sources, an MRI exam on Saturday confirmed that his strained right shoulder is healing properly, so much so that the Cowboys will likely increase his throwing regimen this week. Where are 
you at with Dak's health overall with the shoulder and coming off his ankle injury? How has Dak looked for you in camp? I think this is being made to be a, a bigger story in the media than it is at Cowboys camp. Uh, if you talk to people that are insiders or people that are in the know or people that know insiders, uh, the team really is not freaking out about this. Uh, and, and I think a lot of the schedule of training camp and the preseason uh, games really was the actual dictating factor as to whether or not Dak would throw the two weeks that he missed in practice. That's simply because, you know, they knew that he wasn't going to play in this game against Arizona. They knew that they weren't going to really get him any uh, work against the Rams. So why not, you know, shut him down for that two week period up until they would like to try to ramp him up to get him a couple snaps versus Houston. You know, when they, when that second MRI got announced uh, and really it was, it wasn't even announced. It was just kind of mentioned offhand by, Dak uh, because you know they were going to do it when he got home from Dallas to just kind of confirm that the progress is still being made uh, in, in the injury and that he would be cool to basically start throwing again and start getting back into practice. I think people freaked out because they assumed that that meant it was a setback that, Oh, it's, they ordered an MRI and it's a setback, but that, but that just really isn't the case. And I think that they're just being overly cautious when he doesn't really need to throw the football a ton. And he, they got a ton of work in, in the spring with the team. So they feel confident about his, you know, his head and, and, and kind of making the calls and everything. As far as the ankle goes, I mean, that's basically a, <laughs> like an afterthought at this point. And, 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 you know, Dak has been trying to make that an afterthought uh, for months now, really, even when he was, you know, quote unquote injured with the throwing issue, he's been out in practice every single day in full pads and doing every single thing, except for just heaving the football down the field when it comes time. So I think if there were injury concerns with the Cowboys, especially considering what we just talked about, the fact that they are very, you know, we're still a little bit under a month, three weeks, basically from playing real football. The fact that they still have Dak out there and in pads and running around in the field and having fun and, and not monitoring anything other than whether he's throwing the football down the field. I think that kind of indicates that, you know, they, they feel pretty confident that his, at least his ankle situation is good. Uh, and then I think, you know, all the kind of if you're reading the tea leaves, I think the arm situation is is something that they're not actually concerned about for the regular season. So we're taking the panic button. We're putting it back in the drawer. Locking yeah. it. We don't need it. It's not time yet. That's good. That's good to hear with tech. I am curious uh, when the social media account for the Cowboys tweets mm. out, this is not a big deal. What is that like for you as a writer, knowing uh, that this is about to blow up the timeline? Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I kind of fancy myself as someone that in the, the Dallas Cowboys nation is the guy that's trying to be the cooler head to prevail, prevail. <laughs> I try to like, you know, kind of even keel everybody from freak out. So when, <laughs> when the Cowboys uh, uh, Twitter account tweets something out like that, it certainly makes my eyes roll and my head hurt because it, it certainly was not a, a tweet that, that shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, freaked out about it certainly read like something that was uh, panic worthy, but you know, the, the interesting thing about that is that, you know, hour, about an hour or two, before that tweet came out, Cowboys fans probably got their best news on all of this. And it was really the confirmation, right? Right. That, that all of, of what we've been talking about actually has been happening. The timeline is, you know, what we've been talking about that he could potentially be ready to go back uh, for the Houston game to get a couple snaps before obviously being ready for the regular season. I, all that had been revealed and kind of confirmed that the, the news was good. And then that tweet came out and, and it's like the world burned again. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's frustrating. I think that they were trying to just be cute and have a good time and 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 you know just make have a little fun with it. But I, I definitely saw, you know, multiple national writers quote tweet that tweet. And then, you know, with eye rolls like, oh, sure. You know, he's he, he's just getting another MRI for for fun. And it's like, well, no, guys, it's not for fun. It's the scheduled one they're doing to make sure that he's OK so that he can ramp up into throwing. So it definitely devolved back into chaos after that tweet. But, you know, everyone got over it and I think reread the reports and, and felt better about it. And I think as the days have gone on, more reports have come out kind of cleaning that up and making sure everyone understood that they're still very much on the schedule that we wanted to, him to be on in order for him to get some preseason work and obviously get back into the regular season. Yes, it was an easy dunking session for uh, <laughs> for people with that one. We've already talked a little bit about C.D. Lamb. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about him more. We're going to move on to the pass catchers, the wide receiver room. The three top wide receivers in Amari Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup also over 100 targets last year. Drafters are salivating over Lamb, as it sounds like they should be. They're neutral on Cooper, and Gallup is seeing some buyback. What have you seen from this group? You've already mentioned Lamb could over take Cooper, but uh, how are you seeing it play out onto the field? Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? Cooper's hasn't practiced really yet. He's been on pup and it's basically this veteran doesn't want to practice a training camp sort of pup, right? It's uh, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, the Cowboys actually got an extra week of, of training camp because of the hall of fame game. I think guys like Demarcus Lawrence and, and, and Cooper weren't necessarily chomping at the bit to come back into an extra week of training camp and really there really wasn't much need for them neither one of them need the snaps to, to work to see we know what kind of wide receiver is with cooper is he you know basically what i think something like 1300 yards with four different quarterbacks so i think the cowboys have a, have a strong sense of who he is you know i think that the interesting thing about the the kind of the question of splitting up the reps between someone like CeeDee Lamb and Cooper is they're very different types of players. Uh, I mean, Cooper is, is a, uh, is really a silent killer. You know, he's like, he's just an extremely efficient route runner. He's a very difficult cover, but he's not flashy. You know, he doesn't have like a, a, an above the rim game that like say Des Bryant had, or, or now I would say CD lamb has, they are very kind of different receivers. And, you know, for the fantasy community, I would imagine it's, it's, it's a very difficult situation if you're trying to parse between selecting one or the other you know and and i would say that you may want to consider taking both if you can because i i and i'm not normally a huge fantasy guy but i think this is a this is a handcuff situation if i've seen one as far as wide receivers simply because I think the Cowboys offense is going to be prolific. I think that they're going to, you know, put up a lot of numbers, even in a situation where they're playing winning football to get to winning football. I think they're going to have to put up big numbers. So the question then becomes, is there going to be a consistent guy getting the the, the lion's share of the, of the targets week to week? And I don't know that I have a good answer there. You know, I think that it's really going to depend on the matchups week to week because they have several good wide receivers. They don't necessarily want to force feed anybody. That's where I would kind of, you know, put my strategy is maybe considering trying to figure out a way to get your hands on multiple of these receivers if you're trying to tap into this offense simply because I think it is going to be a pick your poison situation. They're going to play the matchups, see who, uh, you know, lines up against these guys. Uh, and then, you know, uh, take advantage of the guy that is the biggest mismatch towards the Cowboys and and, and kind of ride that for the whole game. And, and every game that may change a little bit. Now, you mentioned CD as an above the rim guy, which I'm not going to say it caught me off guard, but it's exciting to hear because I think the general consensus on him is maybe he's more of a PPR guy, like an eight for 80. But it sounds like maybe his red zone usage 
is being undersold out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, if you've been out at training camp or if you've heard reports out of training camp, I mean, the thing that people are getting excited about the buzz around camp about CD lamb is that he's doing what Cowboys fans affectionately call Des things. You know, it's, it's stuff that only Des Bryant really can do. And, and, you know, we used to see it in training camp all the time. He would just, he'd moss guys. I mean, if you want to call it moss, if you want to call it what Des is fine. I mean, he just basically, you know, you'd be a, 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 group of world-class athletes out there and he's out there doing things that separate himself from those guys. And I think for someone like uh, CD lamb in the way he's been practicing so far this year, you've seen him take his game uh, above the rim. Like I said, you know, you've seen him in jump ball situations in, in the red zone. You've seen him in, you know, situations where the, the, they're actually going out of their way to uh, make sure that the ball gets thrown high so that he can go up and get it. And, and, and does that mean that he's going to be get more red zone targets this year? I, I certainly think that's, that's a possibility. Is it definitely, confirmed that he's going to have like a Des Bryant kind of effect where he's, you know, they get close enough to the, the goal line and they're just going to toss him up uh, uh, throws from the, from the, from the five or the six and in, in fades. I don't know if we've quite reached that level yet, but I think that, you know, that's something that is probably more in the cards for a guy like CD lamb than it would be uh, for someone like uh, Amari Cooper. I love it. Great insights, Landon. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to touch on Gallup real quick and ask you, how is he looking? And, and then also, are there any other wide receivers worth mentioning that could pop up on the fantasy radar for the Cowboys? I mean, I think for the Cowboys, you know, uh, Gallup is a guy that it has made his steps. And he's, he's uh, obviously going to be a guy that is probably just a step below the the kind of target share that you expect from CD Lamb and from Cooper. You know, I, it's it's going to be interesting because I I feel like the Cowboys really want to try to re-sign Gallup. So I wonder if they you know aren't going to try to give heavy shares to Cooper and uh and CD Lamb maybe to keep his numbers down to keep the market down. I do think that you know he still has the talent. He's another guy who could be in line for kind of some red zone touchdowns simply because he has shown that uh, another guy has shown the ability to kind of go up and make a play on the football and be strong coming down with it. So uh, I would certainly look for him in, in that role a little bit. Uh, I would say that outside of those three, the, the next two wide receivers on this team are very clear. Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown in, in some order. Those They have kind of different roles. Uh, Cedric probably would be closer to your fourth wide receiver as far as you know kind of especially in regards to receptions and that sort of thing Noah Brown is kind of a hybrid tight he's like a light end is what they call the package that he comes in so he does a lot of blocking when he comes in but he certainly will catch the football uh you know he's they're they're not going to completely avoid him if he's open so uh, he's another guy to maybe consider I you know I don't know if you guys do dynasty stuff. It might be consider. It might be worth considering uh, holding on to Wilson simply because he may be the guy. If if the Cowboys are unable to re-sign Gallup, he may be the guy that that could be next in line for those snaps. They do really like Cedric Wilson. He has shown uh, the ability to make plays when he has the ball in his hands. You know, he had a really long touchdown at one point last year, and I think he had maybe a couple more too. He, he he's really shown that the ability to you know it's not too big for him. He can play all the spots, uh, and he has a level of athleticism that's desirable as well. I think that outside of that, you know, they have a couple other guys that are kind of fighting for potentially a six wide receiver spot, but I think that they fall into the category of undrafted 
undrafted free agents that are constantly fighting for down roster wide receiver spots that, you know, may or may not ever uh, develop. I I imagine that the Cowboys will likely go with five wide receivers. And then if uh, a guy like Malik Turner, who is the, probably the in line for the six or, or Simi Pahoka, who's, who's a draft pick that they selected this year that hasn't really done a ton in training camp. If either one of those guys were to make it through wires, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cowboys either sign them to a practice squad or maybe pick them back up uh, after they IR a couple of guys that uh, are injured that they may need to hold on through cuts. Well, we are sicko degenerates with multiple dynasty <laughs> leagues out in these streets, Landon. So thank you so much for that nugget. That was great stuff. Uh, let's move on to Zeke next. Mm. His 2017 suspension season numbers were arguably better on a per game basis than his 2020 numbers. Zeke cratered for 400 less scrimmage yards and six less TDs from the year before, but he's allegedly quote unquote best shape of his life. <laughs> so there's that. Should we expect peak Zeke from what you've seen so far, or maybe somewhere in the middle of his floor and ceiling? Well, I certainly don't want to be part of the chorus of uh, best shape of their life season. Right. And that's where we are, right. Where everybody's in the best shape of their life. But I will say this, I, it, Zeke definitely looks noticeably different physically he definitely looks noticeably different running the football you know he looks quicker he looks um you know, explosive. He's able to get around the corner in ways that he hadn't been in the last previous few years. I don't, we, we don't really know what that means for his ability to grind out extra yards. I don't really know what that means for him as a red zone touchdown ball carrier, but I will say that I think it's safe to probably expect a pretty decent bounce back season from Zeke simply because I know that they want to continue to still run the football. And beyond that, Zeke, I think this is something that got lost last year is that Zeke had COVID last year. I mean, he had, it right before uh, the season and he did recover but I, I don't know that he ever fully got into best shape of his life season you know back to going back to that I, I think that it really kind of slowed his role into the regular season and then obviously I'm not suggesting that COVID made him fumble but I'm saying that I think that there was you know he did he had a slow role in the camp just wasn't ready I think that that probably you know caused some issues with his play overall, he clearly had fumbling issues in those first three or four games that really, really set the Cowboys back. And then after that, you know, what was left of his offensive line that didn't already get injured before the season basically got injured. Obviously, Dak got injured in week five. And now suddenly Zeke is the feature uh, you know, person in an offense that doesn't is like unrecognizable to him when he looks at all the other players in the huddle last year. So Zeke obviously had a, a tough year. I think the Cowboys overall had a pretty terrible year last year, but I, I'm trying to imagine Zeke, uh, you know, being the kind of focal point and having to carry the load with, you know, rotating cast of quarterbacks, all kinds of different people playing offensive line in front of him. You know, I think it, it was, it left a terrible taste in his mouth and, you know, clearly he's taken that uh, and really worked hard this off season. Will it, will it make a, 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 a change in his production? Uh, will it, that remains to be seen. But I, I certainly would, you know, bet on a, a Zeke comeback season more than I would bet against it. Second string running back Tony Pollard is a hot name, but his stats are not hot. He only had over 600 yards and five touchdowns, and yet he keeps getting Kareem Hunt RB1B like love. Will this love be unrequited as he remains in more of a pure handcuff role? Or are you seeing Pollard getting more work? I think that they're going to try to find a way to have him figure out a situation where he can get the ball more. Uh, I, I think you, you've seen more 20 personnel with, uh, you know, two running backs, zero tight ends where, where, where 
Pollard's in the game with Zeke. Uh, he'll he'll be coming across uh, the you know the formation with a jet sweep, and then um, you know and, and and take the ball that way. You've seen them in the backfield where one of them's pass protecting and the other one's going out for a pass. You've kind of seen them try to work Pollard in a little bit more as as a gadget type. You've also seen Pollard, uh, especially early in practices, working as a slot receiver. Uh, and working, uh, you know, in, in kind of in a rotation through that group. Now, part of that was to facilitate practice, certainly, because they were having, you know, not injury issues, but early in OTAs and right, right as training camp started, they had a couple of guys who were nicked up. So he, he just got some reps out there uh, from the slot just to kind of maybe facilitate practice. But I, I don't believe that that is only to facilitate practice. I mean, Pollard has a history of be playing that position, the slot wide receiver in college. Uh, you know, obviously, if you've studied any of these Memphis running backs, they all kind of have a very you know, wide, varied skill set coming from that offense. Um, so I, I would imagine that we will see an uptick on Pollard's touches and the and the way he gets them, not just as a traditional running back who's spelling Zeke, but as a guy who they are trying to specifically get the ball to. But yes, I do agree. I think, you know, uh, just to kind of peer forward a little bit. I would not at all be surprised if, you know, if something happens to Zeke that Pollard doesn't necessarily become, you know, doesn't necessarily take Zeke's place one for one. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to continue to keep Pollard's role intact, maybe give him a couple of extra carries and then give even, you know, a, a, a nice share uh, to third running back Rico Dattle, who the Cowboys really, really like. It has been really, really good out here in training camp and in the preseason. Uh, he, he played last year as well, and he showed them a lot. Uh, and then he's he's really hasn't shown them anything. He had a fumble, but that was, I mean, outside of that, he has been really fantastic out here. So I, I would just say, if you're looking for a tidbit there, you know, I, I think Dowdle is a guy who, if something were to happen to Zeke, uh, he, he Zouda will make the team for sure. I feel certain about that. Uh, if, if something were to happen to Zeke, I would not be surprised to see them instead of going the route of, okay, let's just elevate Pollard and give him all the snaps. I wouldn't be surprised if they just upticked Pollard's carries a few and then also gave a, a healthy share to Rico Dowdle because like I said, they really, really like Dowdle as, as kind of a, as a complete back as a guy who can do a little bit of, of it all at the running back position. This is why we're here, Landon. <laughs> These nuggets. Uh, I was feeling encouraged about Pollard on my Scott Fishbowl team until you just cratered it there at the end. Well, I, you know, look, I think he's, he's going to give you, I think pretty consistent production. And look, I'm not a fantasy guy, so you're, you're going to have to help me here. But I think as if you're looking for a guy who could be a good flex for you, you know, I, I think he will give you, something each week but yeah i mean he's not i don't think that, that we're, we're looking at a 50 50 share with zeke uh despite what a lot of people want i think that there's probably going to be more of a 65 you know 35 situation and then even if zeke were to get hurt i wouldn't be surprised if that share for pollard only went up to you know 50 maybe and then 50 goes to rico dowdle because like i said they do like him as well and, and i think they like pollard in the role that they have him uh but i do I, I mean just for my eyes this is not anything from anything the cowboys have said it appears to me that i think that if the more carries you get him the more touches in a game that there is sort of a diminishing return there so i i wouldn't like i said i wouldn't be surprised if they tried to keep him kind of in the role that he's in 
and then you know uh, spell him a little bit more than they would Zeke with uh, with backup running back Rico Dattle. Awesome, awesome stuff, Landon. Thank you so much. Rounding to the finish in the tight end room after starter Blake Jarwin went down in Week One. Dalton Schultz saw 89 targets, fourth highest on the team. He finished as tight end 11 in PPR leagues. He crushed some DFS lineups. Who should we expect to start though? Now that Jarwin is back from his injury, and more importantly, who's going to get more targets? Well, this is this one's really the most difficult because I mean you have to deal with the fact that the Cowboys are clearly going to want to play a lot of eleven personnel. They're going to want to have all three of those wide receivers out on the field. Jarwin and Schultz have both kind of shown themselves to be very efficient, good tight ends, both as receivers. I think Schultz might provide a little bit more as a blocker. And Jarwin may provide a little bit more as a downfield receiving threat. I honestly would not be surprised if because of what we saw out of uh, Schultz, and I think people forget this, that Schultz had, you know, numbers that were on par with the Pro Bowl tied in for the NFC last year. So, uh, you know, really did have a good year, not just like a, oh, he did a pretty decent job. Like, you know, he, he, he earned the opportunity to, you know, have his name considered in, in the starting spot here, right? So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if you start to see a rotation between him and Jarwin, you know, even in 11 personnel sets. I think they'll probably do, you know, a little bit more in the 12 personnel world um, because they feel like they have good players in both Schultz and Jarwin and the mismatches there may be, uh, uh, you know, beneficial depending on who they're playing, but it's, it's, I have to say it's really, really difficult at this point to kind of parse who is going to get more snaps between Schultz and Jarwin. I have to imagine that they're probably going to be pretty close to even, to be honest. Um, and then I, 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 again, just to kind of throw nuggets, uh, despite the fact that he's injured, he's got a, a high ankle sprain. If you're talking about, you know, another dynasty guy, I would definitely recommend your, your listeners maybe take a look at Sean McEwen from, uh, he's, he's probably the tight end three. If you're looking at the depth chart, it may not be that right now, because he, like I said, he just got injured. I wouldn't be surprised if sprinkle ends up getting uh, signed or continues to, uh, to stay on the roster and maybe, maybe even make it past cuts. Uh, but I, I would be extremely surprised if the Cowboys cut McEwen or didn't lose or lost him in some way, he's a guy that they have plans for. Uh, Schultz is Schultz is uh, on his, on the last year of his deal. We don't really exactly know exactly what's going to happen at the end of the year. That's a wide open question. I'm assuming based on his numbers and the availability of tight ends in the market and that sort of thing. Um, but if, if, you know, for some reason or another, they can't re-sign Schultz or they decide to, you know, trade away Jarwin and keep Schultz and re-sign him, uh, McEwen's the next guy up if when, once they start going into 12 personnel and, and especially by the time next year rolls around uh, I think he's a guy that's going to be in the Cowboys plans uh, potentially as a receiving threat eventually uh, in the same way that they use Dalton Schultz all right Sean McEwen just writing this down. with a K with a K M K M C K I think E-O-N so definitely get that name down that K, putting that K right in there. Awesome. I just wrote this down. I'm putting it in my back pocket. This is Landon. This is unbelievable. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I want to get you out of here. I have one question left. Bit of a toughie though. I'm going to make you put yourself out there. Oh boy. What's your boldest fantasy prediction for the Dallas Cowboys in huh. 2021? My boldest fantasy prediction that both CD, uh, both CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh, get over 1,200 yards receiving this year. I don't know. I don't know how bold that is, but I, I I feel like it's pretty bold. 
We're floating all boats in the wide receiver room in Dallas. <laughs> I love it, Landon. Uh, this is honestly, I mean, wow. The insights have been incredible. I want to give you a chance here to plug. You've said it all. Where can people find all your stuff? Yeah, uh, you guys definitely make sure you check us out on the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Uh, we're available on YouTube and at any uh podcast platform uh, please come check us out come follow us on youtube we do uh, youtube we do video as well uh so we'll definitely be uh, reviewing the games and obviously uh, we are on basically five days a week so we're we're always there if you need us uh definitely make sure you follow follow me on twitter as well at mccool bcb uh come check me out and say hi and uh, I, I was more than thrilled to ju jump on and thank you so much for having me no thanks again for coming on and uh, i know that uh, the listeners will all be jumping into your mentions after this to get more nuggets so thank you so much uh yeah until uh, next year have a great season thank you david cd lamb above the rim you are now dialed in